Welcome to Moonbeaming, a podcast about magic, creativity, the tarot, lunar living, and more. I'm your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner, and I'm so happy you're here. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Moonbeaming. I'm so stoked you're here. My name is Sarah Faith Godestiner. I'm your host. And this is a podcast where we explore magic, spirituality, creativity, tarot, living, laughing, loving, crying, the whole nine yards, right? Today, we have a really, 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 really special episode that I'm so excited about. I cannot wait for you to hear it. First, I just had a couple of announcements that I wanted to share. The first is please review the show, subscribe, review. Everyone who leaves a five-star review gets entered into a giveaway. And each month there is one to three winners announced. And we pull from everyone who's ever left a review. So this month, I'm going to announce the winner next week. And the winner gets a mini tarot reading with me, which I'm really excited about. So you can come with your burning questions. And hopefully myself and the cards can answer them. So if you haven't already left a review, I would really love it if you do. The reason why reviews are important for independent podcasts is it's an algorithms world we're just living in it. It's getting a little scary, honestly, if I'm being honest. But yeah, reviews boost algorithms, which help other people find the podcast. And because I am completely all word of mouth, and there's not some media company backing me, it's just me. I'm the media company backing me. (laughs) Uh, You know, I really, really appreciate reviews, subscribing, downloads, forwarding to a friend. If you love the podcast, please, please consider doing one of those things. And if you've already done that, I hope you can feel the gratitude pouring out from my heart. I am so grateful to everyone for being here and blessing me with your attention and your time and your energy. I am so grateful. I am so appreciative for all of the support with this project and with all the other projects, really, I'm having a really, really fun time with this project. I'm going to keep doing it until it's not fun or I want to do something different. So I'm excited for at least three seasons, if not four or five or more. And the way that you can help me do that is by subscribing, reviewing, telling a friend, and also joining the Patreon. I do have a Patreon. The link is in the show notes. It's the Moon Studio, and you get tons of goodies, which you'll find out when you click on the link, so I won't get into them there. That is how you directly support the podcast public listener radio style. So if you have the means and you feel called, you can click the link and you can support me on Patreon, and I will be so, so appreciative and so grateful for you. I think that's it. I think that's what we've got. The guest today is my friend, Marley Grace. You might know Marley from her Instagram, <laughs> from her books. 
Marley Grace is a dancer and writer whose work focuses on the self, devotion, ritual, creativity, and art making. Her practice is rooted in improvisation as a compositional form that takes shape in movement, videos, books, quilting, online courses, and hosting artists. Marley's Instagram dance project, Personal Practice, has been featured in the New York Times, Dance Magazine, Vanity Fair, The Huffington Post, and more. Marley's most recent book is Getting to Center, Pathways to Finding Yourself Within the Great Unknown. I will put a link to Marley's website in the show notes, of course. Marley and I have been friends for about five years. Marley's one of my favorite people that I know. And this conversation is really great. We talk about how it's weird to call yourself an artist. We talk about spirituality and art. We talk about creativity and Marley shares a really, really cool practice that she's been doing that I'm definitely beginning right now, right about meow. We talk about business. We talk about money and money healing and what Marley did and how she went about making some shifts and I share some stuff and it's just a really, really awesome conversation. Marley is so generous. Marley is one of the most generous people I know with what she shares, how she shares and how she shows up. So hopefully you'll enjoy this conversation as well. And we end with a beautiful little reading about making more space and time for timelessness, which is really interesting. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's a little bit hierophant. Yeah. We also talk about how showing up authentically in your business is one of the best business decisions you can make, which is another theme of the hierophant, which I'm now remembering. The hierophant workshop is available for download in the shop. If you want to get into some of these themes of authenticity, connecting to your source, practical stuff, magical stuff, deepening into this tarot archetype, you can pick that up by clicking the link in the show notes. Yeah, because we talk about some themes around authenticity, vulnerability, tapping into source, praying. There were some weavings of the Hierophant in our conversation, which makes a lot of sense seeing that it's the year that we all are in. So without further ado, I am so excited to share with you my conversation with author, writer, friend, Marley Grace. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. We have a very, very special guest, one of my favorite people on the planet. Marley Grace is here. I'm here. Thanks, Sarah. You're one of my favorite people on the planet. Marley, for folks who don't know you, can you just introduce yourself briefly? Tell folks what you do, who you are? I can. Uh, my name is Marley Grace, and... I am a writer and a dancer. Those are the, you know, those are the easy words to describe myself. Um, my background is mostly in in dance and improvisation, and then uh, I make a living writing, writing um, on the, in the digital space, writing books, and I also teach people uh, how to quilt. is one of my favorite parts of my job, and I have a quilting practice, and I also teach people about creativity and digital 
parts of business. And that part I'm always still sort of grappling with or something. Um, but those are the things I do. I'm, I'm gay. I'm a dog mom. I, um, lo- I love life. That's who I am. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about some of the grappling I'm in this oh, in this interview. I, so I wanted to first talk about uh, you know being an artist, and I was hoping you could share a little bit about how you would define being an artist, uh, what creativity is looking like for you these days. You know anything that you think of, because I think artist is a pretty broad term, and I think that it also can be a fairly loaded term sometimes. Um, so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it today. I know they will probably change in another (laughs) week or month or year in another two minutes. Um, yeah, it's so, I mean, I feel like it's going to just be my life's work to accept that I am indeed an artist. I mean, if you didn't notice, I introduced myself as a writer and a dancer and a quilter and all these other words. And I have gotten more comfortable also just being like, yeah, I'm an artist. Um, Of course, I think for me sometimes because I structure my business where I don't make money selling art specifically. Um, I guess you could argue that writing is art, but in terms of my practice, to me, dance and quilting is sort of my art practice. Writing and teaching is another part of my practice, but I don't sell quilts and I make very little money dancing and that's fine with me. Um, And so, you know, that's, as we will discuss the hook of capitalism that like, am I an artist if I'm not making money from the art itself, which is also of course funny that I have helped thousands of other people accept that fact about themselves. And I still um, yeah, tend to that part of myself every day. But to me, yeah, being an artist is really about paying attention and noticing and sort of taking that noticing practice and turning it into something else, which could be an online class or writing or a newsletter. So, yeah, I think that one thing that I just think about with, because I feel similarly, like I do call myself an artist because it's the only identity I've ever had that I like, other than being queer or like Jewish or mm-hmm. having chronic illness or, you know, here I am, I'm a dog mom. I'm like, <laughs> love vegan ice cream. No, I'm just kidding. Like it's, it's the identity that's always felt like, yeah, that, that makes the most sense to me. But I think that what we see or hopefully as like media and capitalism kind of collapse and media changes and there's less gatekeepers into the so-called art world, um, you know, I think that the definition of art is, or artists is also changing, which I think is great. And also I think a lot about just the idea of creativity, which anyone is creative, like humans innately are creative. This is how we survive. So I, I think that maybe some of this um, tension or the stigma around that word is a lot of stuff with the link between, oh, I don't sell my, you know, art has to look this one way and I, and I don't sell it or I don't make a living off of it. And also I think there's the connection or the shame between art or, or not feeling like I'm, I'm speaking just for myself right here, like not calling myself an artist because 
I maybe don't do art every day or even every month. And I feel like there's like, well, if you're not in your practice or if you're not working on something all the time, you're not in quote, like an artist because you are what you do and all of this stuff. But the fact of the matter is it's difficult to do that if you're trying to make money or running a business or supporting a partner or sick or, you know, have to work a day job or all of the things. Right. So that's just kind of my, my thoughts. I wanted to ask you, what are some practices that help you create? You know, something that has really helped me lately is not thinking, um, like sort of trying to rewire some of my habits. So the practice, and, and this goes not just to making art, but like walking the dog or cooking dinner to be like, I'm not even going to think about cooking dinner. I'm going to just take carrots out of the fridge or like, I'm not going to actually think about making a quilt, but I am going to fold this fabric Mm. and, and make sure my sewing machine is threaded or, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not even going to think about exercising, but I am going to open my computer and type in my exercise class URL. Um, and so I feel like that has really changed my life the last few months to just keep it in like the first, first, first task. And, um, you know, I learned to ski this year and, every time before I go, I would get so nervous and want to like cancel on my teacher or tell my partner I couldn't, I was too busy. And I would be like, all I have to do is put my wool leggings on. That's it. I don't have to actually ski. Of course I did every time. Um, or like, you know, even thinking about like, I don't even have to go down the mountain. I just have to sit on the lift that takes me to the top. And that's one of my favorite parts. So I'm like, I get to do my favorite part right away. So yeah, I think just um, keeping it really simple instead of thinking about the pressures of doing the thing. I love that so much. The first thing I thought of when you were speaking was, have you read that? I forget the name of it, but it's by the dancer Twila Tharp. Oh yeah. Look, it's next to me somewhere. Yeah. It's around here. What is it like? The cre- is it go. called the creative habit? Is Fish. it literally called the creative habit? You're right. The creative habit. So like she talks about her ritual, like she gets up or not, probably not anymore, bless her soul, but like she gets up at 5am at like some ungodly hour or, or maybe it is maybe 5am is the godly hour, you know? Yes. And and then hails a cab. Like that's her ritual. It's not like, you know, stretching like that's what, and so I love that. And I also love that because what a way to get out of your own way. Mm, yes. You know, all I need to do is open the computer and write one sentence. Mm-hmm. All I need to do is watch the refrigerator and get a glass of water. Like, uh, you know, I love that so much. And it's so Zen and it's so in the moment, like it just keeps you in the moment, which I think is really important too, because one thing that I think I will speak for myself, one thing that capitalism has really done a doozy on me is like, seeped into everything I have to do has to have an end goal. Like if I, even like if I walk the dogs, they have to be exercised and happy. Like it's literally insane. It's not, Oh, we're walking the dogs. I'm looking at the flowers. Like, look, they're so cute. It's, it's like, Oh no, this is like to optimize their energy or like, and I'm really trying to really notice where things that aren't even related to hourly things or, you know, 
like it's put such an expectation that everything has to be for something, you know, and when that happens, I think parts of us start to die or get frozen or really scared. And so I think I'm, I mean, I know I'm definitely going to be trying your, I just have to Mm -hmm. get out the carrots. Mm -hmm. I just have to put the leashes on my babes, on my dogs. Like, so thank you for that. Mm -hmm. That's such a good share. And I'm sure people will love it as well. And I wanted to ask you about if you see any links between your spiritual practice and art. But now I want to back up because I'm curious. And I want to ask you about like, when you think about your spiritual practice, at least now, like current, again, currently, Mm -hmm. what is your spiritual practice? Yeah. You know, my, my spiritual practice is so rooted in, you know, 12 step language and programs and just this idea of God being you know, the spirit of the universe and this just really expansive definition. And, you know, I'm a, I do morning pages pretty much every morning and have for many, many years. And I write three pages longhand before I do anything else as suggested, because I'm a good girl for Julia Cameron. <laughs> do you read them back? Do you like go no, back and no, read no, them? No, 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 absolutely not. I'm, I, she, I am, says no. she says she no. Says not- other yeah. people, other, you know, it's so interesting. I'm, I'm leading an artist way book study right now. And people are really have their own ways of doing it. And I obviously respect, admire and support that. And for me, I am like, I take the suggestions as they are written. And that's just how I do it. Um, but that's really my journaling practice is my spiritual practice. My morning pages are basically, I literally write down like, good morning, God, it's me, Marley. Like I'm like, immediately would like to be in collaboration with my higher power. Um, and I'm sitting next to like a very active, clear, clean altar right now, which I don't always have. And I feel like I've really returned in the last month or so to my altar practice, to pulling cards, having money on the altar, candles, essences I've made, lists um, around, you know, rocks, you know, things that are special to me. There's some stickers. Um, and yeah, I, I think, but praying, I just, I really love to pray. I love to talk about praying. I love to talk about God and I do it all day long. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you for that share. What do you think the links are between art, creativity and spirituality for you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Or, or in general. Yeah. I mean, again, I think 2013 was the first time I went through the artist way and it was definitely the offering to me was like, and I think Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert was another book that sort of like, we love, we love Liz. We love Big we Magic. Love Liz. Um, Liz. Dear Liz. Dear Liz. It's me. <laughs> and I think that, I think that kind of the combination of those books was, yeah, it's this idea that it's like, it's, it's, it's the getting out of your own way. It's like, stop being, this isn't about you. Like, this is what you are asked of by spirit. And you don't even know who you're going to help yet. Like, stop making art because you think it's some like navel gazing thing. It is what spirit has called you to do and sharing it 
either privately or publicly or just with your cat or your dog is a part of that process. So when I feel spiritually fit, I feel a lot more able to both access my art making and give myself permission to do something else and to be like, today's not an art day or you know, last month, I didn't really work on quilts because I was focusing on a really different part of my business. And because I felt spiritually fit, I wasn't an asshole to myself about that. So yeah, I love that. I love that so much. I So now you kind of brought it up. I wanted to talk about being an artist. We're going to just claim it for this interview. Wow. You can go call yourself something <laughs> else later. Great. Being an artist running a business. Let's talk because, you know, you and I, you and I have been friends for a while and I value you definitely probably more than you know. You know, you are you are one of the most important people in my life. You model honesty, integrity, curiosity, like you're one of, I mean, I, I mean, I guess this is a quality that a lot of my very good friends share, but what I really love about you is I feel like I could bring you anything, you know, and like you, like, and you would not, I mean, maybe you do, but I never feel judgment from you. Like mm-hmm. I never feel like, oh, you're a bad person or, oh, you know, you, you should be punished or, oh, you fucked up or whatever. And I really, really, really love that about you. And one of the things I also really love is that, you know, we can have these very honest conversations about, you know, tensions. And you and I kind of have this tension because I think, and we can, I want to hear from you, but I feel like for me, like I, it was never in my life's plan to run a business. Like I was never like, oh, I'm going to run a business. Like that was never what I wanted. Uh, definitely not like I'm putting this in quotes, a quote, spiritual business. It was definitely not my plan, you know, and I think that like you and I have a lot of tension, conflict, and I would also maybe say like unresolved kind of thoughts and feelings. And one thing I just want to put out there before hearing from you is this idea I've been thinking about that's been making me feel just like a lot more at peace, which is because I'm feeling into the lover's year next year, which is very different and feel, well, because I have to for the planner, like I'm like in conversation with that energy now. And the lovers is like, it's okay to not be resolved. Like resolution isn't the point sometimes, sometimes it is. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so I just want to put out there that I think it's actually fine for us to feel unresolved about these things, but I wanted to kind of think, I wanted to explore this with you and I wanted to start on the positive tip and, and how do you think that being an artist coming from a creative background, you know, neither one of you or I never went to business school. Like we don't know anything about (laughs) How, how do you think being an artist or creative makes you really good or great at running a business? Oh, yeah, I love that. I mean, you know, it's funny because a joke I often make is like, LOL, I have a BFA in dance and built this business, you know, and I, I act like it's a joke, like they're so at odds with each other. But I think I'm absolutely great at my job because of the amount of training I have with like being embodied and improvising and pivoting and choice making. And, you know, I was just so grateful to my dance professors and dance teachers and mentors that I still have who, 
you know, I'm that learning has never ended for me. You know, I continue to be in community with other dance improvisers. And I think it's how I stay malleable and flexible in running a business because it's really confusing to teach yourself those things. You know, I started Have Company, which was my shop and residency, which is where we met five years ago. And, um, I started in a camper in 2012 and it wasn't Mm. because I was like, I Marley Grace would like to be a business owner. It was because I was like, wow, there's not really a place for my friend to sell her rag rugs or there's not really a place where there's zines in this town. Like I just saw these holes, which is what I was taught as an improviser was like, what does the dance need? Like, Oh, there's, it's missing this thing. Maybe I go in or like, Oh, there's too much of this thing. Maybe I step out. Right. And so, um, and my learning curve, which I'm sure we'll pivot to eventually in this talk with money is I have a real resistance to adulting. And that's what the last couple months have really been for me is like, really facing some money stuff and some disorganized mm-hmm. systems in my business that I've just kind of been like, la-di-da, avoidance, hee-hee-hee, and, and <laughs> having to be like, you know, because that is where in my family system, education system, et cetera, I did not receive training or instruction on how to do and am doing it now. So. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to just sort of pin a couple of things you said that I found really interesting. One was the beginnings of your business as like fulfilling a need, like you not seeing it, and also wanting to be of service, mm-hmm. and also wanting to stay in community or to serve a particular community, right? At multiple ways, right? Not just the artists you were selling stuff, but people buying. Yeah. That's, you know, there's like this nice little mm. ecosystem that you are interested in creating. And as you were speaking, you know, I don't know any, I know very little about business and everything I kind of learned about business, I learned after the fact, like in reverse. Yes. And as you were describing it, I'm like, oh, that's what businesses tell you to do. They tell you to find a niche. But like the difference between I think you and I being artists is we just intuitively can pick it up. Whereas like these annoying business people have their spreadsheets and they're like, oh, I see a gap in wellness and a gap in tech. What about tech and wellness or, you know, whatever the things that they do in their in their meetings with their, you know. Yeah. And I think the other really cool thing for me, at least being an artist, a creative and intuitive, which you are as well, running a business is like we don't steal shit. Like our businesses Mm -mm. are unique. Like we are not looking at this person or that person. We are not like trying to rip off someone else's marketing idea or what, you know, whatever it is. And I think that that's, I think that like more and more, you know, this is a Hierophant year. So Hierophant is about so many things, but it's also about authenticity and about like being um, from the source, right? Like, and so when there's like a copy of a copy of a copy, first is that you're not being in service to yourself. Like mm-hmm. how, how can you get to your source if you're just looking over here, looking over there, spreadsheeting, Googling, like, you know, like following all of these people on Instagram that you're copying or what, or even, even subconsciously, right. Mm-hmm. It's not even conscious. Some It's not even conscious. Sometimes it's like, I want to belong or what they're doing looks really beautiful and shiny. 
you know, we could be here all day and I'll, and I'll leave that there. But I think that it's really important. Like for me, I want to run my business because I want to create my work and I want to like connect to what I have to offer in terms of service and guidance. Like I don't want to just be like seeing what works for someone else or what's easier for someone else. Like I want to tap into like my ease or like my unique gifts. And I think that that on one level flies in the face of traditional business or marketing or whatever they want us to learn or do. Mm -hmm. But on the other level going, you know, like going back to ideas about spirituality and the long run, you know, I think that, that, that authenticity for me personally is like much more important than any kind of, Oh, this is an easy money-making opportunity that I'm going to try or, Oh, you know, I'm going to be like this business because blah, blah, blah. So I think that's a real gift for us being like really creative because we can, we can bring that forth, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think makes it difficult being an artist running a business? (laughs) Well, it's funny because I love, everything you just said and run up against that feeling of like, Oh, should I be tapping the well and making the big bucks? And same, same, yeah, same, you know, I'm like, should I, can I just, should I just like try to make $5 million by like looking (laughs) to see what other people have done? Cause that's what other people do. You know, I think it's part of why, maybe this is a little tangential, tangential, um, a little off topic, but it's why when people call me an Instagram influencer, I get extremely, um, defensive because, and I do not shame anyone who has done this. And maybe I will do this at some point, but I have never exchanged money to post. I think people get confused when they see, a blue check mark or a nice feed and they're like, Oh, she's an influencer and whatever. I, I hate, I literally already hate that. I brought this up. I'm like, edit it out. Um, but it's like, yeah, I'm, I think it's, I think it's ta- Like, I think it's timely. It's like, you know? yes, I'm influencing and I'm an artist who's good at my job. Like, that's why I do what I that's why it looks the way it looks or something. Like, I think to me, it's really, there are certain parts of, and we talk about this a lot in our friendship of just like my, I have principles and I have morals around my business that are way more important to me than making money. And that is hard for me sometimes because it has meant there's not always a ton of money in my bank account. And 100. That's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 100. And I want to kind of just say, and I know you're not saying this, but I want to say it, um, you know, influence Instagram influencers actually like that job is so hard. Yeah. Like, yes. I, I got asked, I'm Sure it is. I, I recently did this year was the first year I ever did in quote a sponsored post. Yes. It was super in alignment, like small women owned business, like paid me well, treated me well. There was no, you know, like okay. it was, it felt in alignment, yeah. you know? man, that was hard. Like it was not, that was, I was, you know, so I also want to say like being an an Instagram influencer or creating media for YouTube or whatever folks do, whatever the youth are doing these days, like it's hard. Like that's a job job. and it's It's a job and it, and it requires talent. Like, so I just want to be like really clear about that. Thank you. I feel Um, like that's where our friendship is strong is that you or me, we often clarify 
for the other right. what yeah. maybe so sounded that, like yeah. we were trashing someone, but we're not. No, I'm just clarifying no, that's not what I do. You, you, yeah, we that's love, not your, we love you if you're influencing. We love you. We love you. We love you. Yeah, yeah. All influencers are welcome here, yes. unless you're stealing from us. Yeah. In which case, <laughs> I think you need to do some prayer. I think you need to check in with your source and see what's going on. So, yeah, I mean, on that tip, that's what I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit. I wanted to close by talking about a couple other things mm-hmm. that, that I think are important or, and are all on this topic. But I think what you're getting at is another topic I wanted to talk to you about, which is around definitions of success. What I hear you saying is a definition of being successful and again, another loaded word, success, right? Artist success, another loaded word. But a definition of your success is doing it in a way that feels ethically aligned for you, mm. moral, that feels like you're being of service, that feels like your gifts are being utilized. Like, do you have, have you had any recent, you know, inspirations or new definitions around success? Yeah, I mean, I think I've you know, this is a little bit more like a traditional success marker. But in April, when I taught the world needs your online class, my online class about making an online class, I, it was really nice to have people giving me feedback that was like, great, I have, I am unblocked, here is my class, and I'm going to change the world. And you know, they showed up to class being like, I'm a scared little baby and think I'm trash and have no fucking ideas. And then in four weeks, they were like, here's my brand new website and my online class I'm launching. And some of them being like, and I sold it out and I made thousands of dollars. And, and that felt really beautiful to me to be like, yes, that is what I want to do as a teacher is show other people um, the success markers. I would say outside of my business, you know, I often try to personally stand by that, you know, if all I did today was stay sober, it was a good day. And so that is, you know, this week that this podcast comes out, God willing, um, will be my 10 year sober anniversary. And, you know, that has always felt like such, and I think just the big number feels like such a success marker to me of like, I, and exactly how I apply to my creativity is like, I just, you know, I didn't get 10 years by hoping I would get 10 years. I got it by just not drinking one day at a time, sometimes an hour at a time. So yeah, those are some success markers. Yeah, those are, those are super huge. It's time for me to tell you about a sweet and magical greeting card company called Picola Arte. I love Picola Arte. Their beautiful and unique cards remind me that sending a greeting card can be a powerful act of love and care. Picola Arte is a small family business run by sisters and owners, Lizzie and Steph. Their sweet, original watercolor designs are printed on high-quality watercolor paper to create the loveliest pieces of art that you can share with the loved ones in your life. These cards have a one-of-a-kind, handcrafted look, and there are so many designs to choose from. There are birthdays, anniversaries, thank yous, celebrations, holidays, just because, and so much more. Check them out at Picola Arte Works on Etsy or follow them on Instagram at Picola Arte Works. That's 
P-I-C-C-O-L-A-A-R-T-E and use the code WHICH, all caps, for 15% off when you spend $10 or more. Join me in supporting this awesome little family-owned, women-owned card company and share a small act of love with the people in your life. I have to talk about money with you because yes. there you go. Yeah, another. Well, you know, and I also think like I'm doing more stuff around money. I'm actually today, later today, I'm teaching a class about money. I'm going to teach a long class about abundance. I also am feeling called to teach classes around business, like running a business and things. I feel like I've, you know, you and I have both, I, the same year you started have company, I started working for myself. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing it long enough that we've sort of gotten to a place where I think we have knowledge to share, mm-hmm. you know, that isn't like knowledge from other people, mm-hmm. you know, that we're hearing, you know, like I'm, uh, I'm zipping my lip around that. But um, I do want to talk about money because you have done, I have witnessed, you do a lot, a lot of deep money healing since we first met, you really have made that one of your focuses and you really have seen a lot of shifts and a lot of progress around that. And I was hoping you could kind of share your thoughts on, you know, how, how you came to heal some wounds, what you think they maybe were about, if there was anything that helped you or surprised you along the way, you know, if you could just sort of share whatever you felt comfortable sharing. Well, this is maybe my chance to, to reverse the friendship. You don't know how much you mean to me moment because in my online class, I was talking to them about like money stories. We were talking about money stories and like kind of unpacking them. And someone was like, can you point, like, what did, what is your best resource? And I literally typed my friendship with Sarah Gottesdiener. And then I was like, I guess I should like link her book and podcast. But in, you know, in my head, I was like, you just have to have a friend as good as Sarah and she might not be taking new clients and friendship. So you might be shit out of luck. No. Um, but literally, you know, you and probably other people, but really, you, I, I mean, I feel like it's for me, it's about being around. And I think this is for un, kind of unblocking or unlearning anything is to really surround yourself with the other people who have already done it. It's like, I trust voices who are like, that was me too. And now I'm here. You know, if you were just like, oh, I was just born abundant and have never struggled. I might be like, all right, well, okay. You know, it's sort of why alcoholics learn from other alcoholics. We don't go to like people who have never had a problem with alcohol to learn about alcoholism. Um, Although we, I, I do have a therapist who isn't enough. Anyways. Okay. The point is, I feel like, what was the question? <laughs> For me. Yeah, just like you, you, you really, I've really seen you come a long way, not just with healing stuff around money, like in the mind, you know, in yeah. the nervous system, mm. but like literally materially, like yes. tangibly, you've really, you really like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've done a lot of clearing. Mm-hmm. You've done mm-hmm. a lot of like cleaning up. You've done amends. You've done, a, mm-hmm. you've done the inner work. Mm-hmm. You've made the shifts 
so that you can feel more abundant and like be more abundant. And I was just hoping, you know, for folks out there who are wanting to maybe make some of those shifts, you know, what do you think, what do you think some of the the money healing was about? Because in my class I say, and I've said this elsewhere, I believe money is a symbol, mm. you know, money is incredibly loaded and money, when you don't have money, when you're broke, like I was, you know, having to make your like weekly groceries on $34, you know, mm. like when you're counting every penny, when you're literally giving coins to the gas station attendant, you know what I mean? And like, and like measuring out in your head how much you can drive that week, which literally where I've, you know, that's where I've been. Money is money. Like it's not a, like money is like, I just need to pay this bill. I just, you know, but when you do get to a certain point where you, where your bills are paid, there's a roof over the head. You can go out to eat a couple times a month. You know, you have a little bit of extra money. You can kind of then understand that money is this symbol, I think, of, of many different things. And I think that by thinking about what money symbolizes, you can start doing, you know, some transformation around it. And for me, like my healing, my money stuff, I'll go first to maybe Great. give you some ideas yeah. or I feel like you're like, for me, when I look back both in subcultural spaces, like queer spaces or punk spaces or artist spaces, and also in spiritual spaces, like new age spaces, there's this real avoidance of money and this real like money is bad. We have better things to do. We need to save the world or we need to make art or we need to pray or we can't be so attached to money. Like, and so I think that I don't really hear a lot of open conversations about it in this way. But what I'm going to say is like, for me, doing a lot of money healing stuff, which I really needed to do was actually spiritual. Like it, it actually helped me feel safer. It actually mm. helped me with self-esteem stuff. It actually like, because I could, and again, I've had other moments of healing, like around relationships or my intuition. I mean, I could, in my trauma, I could be here all day, but money was one of the things, you know, out of like 10 or 20 things that showed me that change was possible and that it is all connected and we do have to have some kind of engaged or conscious relationship with how we make money, like how we treat money, how we think about money, if we respect money and so on and so forth. So I was just wondering mm. like what you, what you think kind of having made some shifts over years. Yeah. It took years. Yeah. It took, it took about nine. I mean, it took about from 2012 till this last month, you know, it's, I, here's the thing that I've really learned is that I'm extremely lucky that the way I make money is doing what I like to do, what I love to do. Every, pretty much every dollar I have made in the last nine years, which almost chokes me up, is doing what I love to do. And so if I'm under earning and not making money, it means I'm not doing what I love to do. It means I'm I know I just channeled that shit right here, baby. I've never been heard. I'm looking at my friend Sarah's face. Her eyes exclusive. are um, exclusive, Podcast baby. Exclusive. And um, I want to, I do want to shout out a book um, called Emotional Currency, A Woman's Guide to Building a Healthy Relationship with Money, which is by Kate Levinson, who's amazing. Former owner of the Point Reyes bookstore. Shout out to one of my favorite bookstores. And, you know, again, a book with woman in the title. It it's, feels like a book for anyone. But, um, you know, and this is something she mentions in the book that really 
got me again, I read it three years ago, took me a second to integrate, but was like, if you have the privilege to earn, which I do as you know, I think that falls into like my privilege as a white person, as a cis person, as a person with a huge platform, when I'm not earning, that is not of service to people who are actually in poverty and cannot crawl out. And so when I'm earning, I mean, I can't believe how much, I think tens of thousands of dollars I've been able just in the past year and a half or two years been able to redistribute to whether it's in thousands of dollars of scholarships I give to my classes, thousands of dollars from raffling quilts, from just donating percentages of my business just in the last year and a half, which I didn't used to do. I mean, I used to give small amounts. And I think that is what you also taught me was like, just start, even if it's $3 that you Venmo to someone or, or, or give to someone. Or I think another thing that really helped me was setting up monthly payments for redistribution, um, for like land tax, for therapy for black girls and women, the Loveland Foundation, Rachel Cargill's project, just like different things that were like, what do I have access to because of my privilege? Yeah. And then I asked myself of like, and where am I marginalized? And I and then where do I want to give money? So I, I have like money I give regularly to like Grand Rapids Pride Center that service serves so many queer teens in Grand Rapids. Whew, makes me emotional thinking about if I would have known about that. Maybe it would have saved me a couple of years of being ahead, you know? So I think um You were never I was ahead, never ahead. I know. I was ahead. never ahead. I know. Thank you. Um I appreciate that. And uh yeah, so I think um yeah, I was never it's so interesting, right? I literally was like, no, I've been cool. Well, it's funny because when we met, you were married and I was I didn't I just was like, Yeah, Marley's queer. I mean, yeah. I knew you were because well, we like dated all gender. Right. Yeah, you dated right. all genders, right. but it just was funny. Like, I, you know, also because like I never met the invisible husband. <laughs> like, you know, it was like that you had mentioned the invisible. <laughs> like, the, I was like, I, I don't even know if I've ever seen a photo. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm like, uh, so, but anyway, we're a little bit tangentialing friendshiping. But so I just want to ask you for someone out there who's like, man, I feel like, I can't hear, you know, person, human, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm having issues with, with, um, you know, starting on, on, you know, my money stuff is disorganized or I have a shame or, you know, what would, what would be your advice just for, just for starting? Yeah. Okay. Here's my advice because I, and I love that you asked this because the disorganization is so painful. You know, it feels as painful to me as, drinking did as when I was trying to get sober, the same sort of addiction to vagueness and disorganization. Um, because, and this relates to everything we're talking about, is it like, it's, it's safe to be small. I don't think that that's, um, that makes sense. Like if, if you want in the world where being public means you get shamed, means people critique you and hate you. Um, yeah, being poor and small sounds really safe and nice to me today. You know, I absolutely still feel that. And I don't think it's the best way to be of service. So here's, you know, here's a big thing that I did was I got a goal. And that goal was to buy a home for me and my gorgeous fire 
fighting beautiful girlfriend Jackie um, and our gorgeous dog June. Um, and I was like, well, we've got a tax problem and we've got a student loans and collections problem and can't prove my income or buy a house with either of those things the way they are. And so it was helpful to you know, ask for help to get really clear on what I needed to do to get a CPA, to get an accountant, to get a bookkeeper. And I just want to say again, I've gotten the, I've had those things. I've had those things multiple times the last nine years and I fired them at some point. I was like, you know, never mind. Actually, Stan Small seems like it's still working. So talk to you later. Um, and, you know, it just hurt bad enough. It was the absolute classic. I was sick of tired of being sick and tired. And I saw in the last year, you know, specifically in a pandemic, in like a beautiful awakening moment for racial justice in the United States, um, just all of these ways that my money, and not just to organizations, but to my people, to be able to send care packages, to just Venmo for lunch, to really have that exchange of mutual care, I was like, we got to get solvent. We got to get solvent. I want to make so much money that it's so easy for me to care for people. Um, and that doesn't mean just give them money. That could mean care for people to drive to them if I needed to, or to, right. I don't know, let, right. let them borrow money or I don't know anything. Because it's also like, again, it's like money is this symbol. So yes. it's freedom or flexibility or like the other, yeah, there, I mean, we could, we could talk about this a lot more, but I, what I hear you also saying is that what you did is you really kind of went into the belly of the beast. Yes. Like you looked, you weren't just like, okay, I'm going to start really small with like, um, starting a savings account. You know, you're like, I'm going to look at where I have the most cleaning up to do yes. metaphorically and organizing to do, and I'm going to go there. And that worked for you because this is the other thing I say when people ask me about humanifestation or going after your desires and they're like, what do I do? Where do I begin? This is like one of the largest problems I see mm my students and my clients have is like, they can't, they can't choose or they don't know where to even begin because it does feel overwhelming or they like want so much, you yeah. know, like it's, yeah. so what I always tell them is you do one of two things. You like assess where you are, you know, you assess what you have the capability and the capacity to do. And you either like start really small and manageable because you have to build up your will and you have to prove to your subconscious over and over that, yes, I am safe to put $20 away each week. Yes, yeah. I am safe to call a bill collector a week and like try to get into split payments. Yes, I am safe to, you know, so on and so forth, like incrementally. So then your will has been built up, your belief has been reinvigorated and your trust and your connection with your ability has been restored or you go write what Marley did. You're like, I want like, I, you know, I want this big thing and it feels an alignment for me. And in order to get this really beautiful thing, I need to get out my scrubby brush, get out that pot, like, you know, put my gloves on and just scrub away in the energy of gratitude, mm -hmm. in the energy of, of gaining more clarity, in the energy of clearing away so that there's more space for me to move in alignment with that, which I want. And that's what it, so it's like when people listening are like, oh my God, I could never get a house. 
maybe you're just in the place where you just start really small and you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to event, I'm going to start giving away $3 a week mm-hmm. to an organization or a mutual aid fund that I resonate with. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to do. And that then, um, tells my subconscious that it is safe for me to give money away and that I am abundant because I have $3 to give away each week and so on and so forth. So I love that you share that. And I really appreciate it because, you know, we'll wrap this conversation up, um, having not even scratched the surface of what I wanted to talk to you about, but so then you definitely have to come back on. But, um, I just want to say like, I'm really grateful for you vulnerably sharing because what I have noticed is people are, people don't share like this really around Mm -mm. money and like goals. And like, I, I can, I can think, I could think that there are people listening getting activated, hearing you talk about, I want to buy a house. Like I want to support me and my partner and my dog. And I want to be able to give more money away. And I want to feel solvent and safe and sustainable and secure and, you know, all of these things. And I think that that's often why we don't talk about it. Like it's still that small thing. Like we don't want to, um, cause any harm to anyone. We don't want to be separate from anyone, but I think that it's really important to have like, references yeah of people you know like i had i have paid off you know six figures in student loan debt you mm-hmm. know like mm-hmm. you know it's it's like that also feels like oh that could be really activating for someone to hear you know um right because it's like a lot of money but i think we need to start having conversations about this to kind of even clear the shame like to get the clarity yeah like to get the clarity you know I mean, I have been feeling lately, like, just say it. Like, I've been feeling really called to just say it. Like, I, yeah, in order to get my student loans out of collections, I paid all of them in one month this year, which is more money than I think my parents made in a year when I was growing up. And that I hate, I hate that. I hate that. Don't love to share it. And I'm also yeah. almost 33 years old. Like the, the fact that I'm still feeling shame for actually making a pretty um, just comfortable, not rich person living is, is really yeah. saying something. And yeah, I will also just, the two things I want to say is like, I said this in my class, like if you're activated, gorgeous, like go take care of yourself. See what story is coming up for you. What do you hate about what me and Sarah are saying? And let that guide you into your next actions of solvency that might be a lot smaller. Um, And I did that same thing when I had to call the the collections where the student loans were. I wasn't like, I mean, I was like, this is going to take me years to pay off, but I guess I'll call them finally. And I called them and they were like, okay, this is the number. These are the options. And then I spiraled for about 12 hours. And then I was like, you know what, this might be a huge sacrifice to my income, but I think I'm going to pay it all off this month. And then it'll reflect on my credit score. My credit score will go up and I can make other decisions with this money symbol. So, you know, again, I didn't pick up the call with any expectations of the outcome. I just dialed the fucking number. I love that full circle moment. Before we close, I wanted to ask you one more question. Yes. What healing have you done, large or small or in between, that you feel really proud of for yourself for doing? I mean, I, this money stuff feels so, and I think, I think you use this word, but it's like, it's an esteemable act. Like it has made me trust myself 
it has um, helped me. I, and I had to do a lot to feel safe. I had to get into exercising. I had to get into being outside more. Like I had to really, it, it required me to up all my other care practices. And it created a lot of trust in my partnership. I think, um, you know, granted it's like sort of, it is influenced right now by a choice that affects both of us. But even even more, it was really my partner getting to be like, wow, I know how long this has been painful for you. And I can see um, how much more you trust yourself. And when you trust yourself, I trust you. Um, I know. And that's really uh, been, I mean, it's kind of changed our relationship my and my life. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you Thank and you. I love you so much. Okay. And I'm so thankful for you for being so open and honest. And now we'll move on to the reading. Okay. So before we get into pulling some cards for you, I do have some messages for you from spirit. Oh, my. Before we hopped on, um, I, I meditate. This is actually what I do in my readings with clients, like just for like one or two minutes uh, to tap into, you know, if there's any messages that are not tarot related that spirit can kind of offer up for you. It might be your guides. It might be the great spirit in the sky. I don't really know. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. So the first message was that there's this energy of kind of not being able to settle like in your body, like feeling like it's hard to kind of settle into one shape or one way. And it, it, the, the energy was very restless. Like it was like, first I'd want to stretch this way. And then like, I'd have to do this thing. And then it was, and then it would like keep kind of dominoing out. Right. So it's like, okay, that's interesting. Like what's going on there. And so the message there was number one, non-negotiable. They said movement every day. Like, like taking, like they, they sort of were like the reason that there's this restlessness is, and, and it doesn't, it could just, they even showed me, it could just be you like wiggling on the floor and stretching. Like it doesn't have to be anything, even that intentional. They're just like movement every day because there's something about your energy that's quite kinetic and it kind of has to move for things to sort of flow. And that also might be a way that you just naturally clear energy. Like it's your like clearing energy technique. And so then the second thing they said was focused settling, like focused grounding, focused time, not doing anything, literally staring at a wall or a tree, like focused sitting, doing nothing. So it's interesting because there's these like two extremes. Like one is like, we got to move the body. The energy needs to kind of become realigned through movement. And then also getting comfortable with beingness, just being. And that's like, and it, again, it does not have to be long. It can be for two minutes. It can be for 20 minutes. It's whatever feels good for you, which rolled right into their next, um, the next bit of information they wanted to share. And it's around consumption. It's around screen consumption. Yeah. So at first I checked in and I was like, oh, is it that like Marley is, you know, too consuming too much? And they said, not necessarily what it is, is it's the kind of consumption. They said what's happening. Number one, there is sort of an over consumption. Like there's sort of like, um, there's kind of been a habit. It's just a habit. It's not a um, damnation. It's not a judgment, but there's kind of been this habit 
of equating like ingestion, like consumption of like other with um, consciousness or with, you know, just something that we do, like it's like part of us and all, but now it's not for you at this time. So they were saying that absolutely cut down on the screens, but what, and, and so there's a couple things. One was like being really careful about like who you're consuming and the quality. I know now I'm getting very new age, but bear with me. The quality of the frequency and the resonance of the transmission. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not about, oh, I can't watch TV or I can't watch movies, but it's like, if you're just in some kind of frequency, that's like an echo chamber or that's not, um, that's like unconsciously disturbing your nervous system or unconsciously or that, or the information is speaking to your unconscious in a way that starts a feedback loop of some limiting beliefs you have in your unconscious to watch out for that. So what they said is what you are to consume mm -hmm. is different media, art, dance performances, nature, and the, the word that just came through so strong for you right now is timeless. Mm -hmm timeless, um, interaction with media, things that are feel timeless in nature, because this is where your creative practice is wanting to flow. And this is where like what you're wanting to step into and that they suggested is why you're also blocked with your book project because <laughs> Sorry, why are you just, I, you're yep. like rude. You're like, yeah. you're like, I'm like, yep. You. Yeah. You're like, go to heck and how and heaven spirit. So what they said was you are trying to be too much in the moment with your book, like with like the granular, you know, the Twitter, whatever the heck it is you're like sort of um, thinking about. Mm -hmm. And it's a, t there's a timelessness to what you are inquiring in that needs to be addressed and put into the structure of your project so that it then becomes more timeless. Wow. So they're, so they're asking you to read like poetry from 500 years ago, uh -huh. Rilke, like philosophy, like Sappho, like, you know, looking, looking at like classic movies, classic art, like they, they want you to get into that flow of timelessness and, um, you know, zoom out a bit instead of being like, Oh, what's that person say about that in the New York times or whatever they, yes. it, it, does that all make sense? Yes. I mean, that is, you know, it's just always so good to hear it in words. It's a lot of things that have sort of already been coming to me just the last few weeks and, and didn't, I, I'm really appreciative of the word timelessness. I needed that. And yeah, it makes, makes perfect sense. I love it. Glad to hear it. And then there's the last little bits of info they wanted you to know now is one is about moving. They said you're not supposed to know right now. Like you're, it's not yet clear. Um, it's okay to wonder and to look online and all of that things and have discussions, but it's not right now. And then they also said something, and this was odd, but I felt compelled to share with you that if where you're going to end up, if it's going to be more permanent, um, the climate change will have to be taken into consideration. So have like climate change as part of it. And then the last thing they wanted to share was about healing. And they 
really wanted to impart to you that they're incredibly proud of you. Like they're very, very proud of you around all the healing you've done and that you're doing such a beautiful job and there's nothing different or nothing more that you are to do. Like there's no like wrongness or there's no, you know, nothing, no, no more scratches or excavation. But what they did say is what you've begun doing years ago and that they would support you to do even more is they said to stop dancing around so much of the root and get into the root and just pull it out. Mm -hmm. And, and that will be really useful for you. And that was, that was the information they had for you, my dear. Wow. Thank you so much to all of you. So I wanted to pull a couple of cards for you about a more specific question. So what have you been thinking about? What would you like a little bit more information about? Yeah, I think, um, actually let's maybe stick to this, this theme around timelessness and both, uh, maybe this is too broad, but, you know, applying it to this future, this book I'm starting to work on as well as I think just my business in general, I'm, I'm asking that question of like how, yeah, how to consume less of the right now and like trust the timelessness. Okay. So how to step more into timelessness. So maybe what we'll do is... A mindset that will be helpful, a practice that will be helpful, and a greater message from spirit around why this is important. How does yes. that feel? Perfect. Okay. Gorgeous. Okay. Let's see what we have here. Okay. <laughs> oh, you lucky, lucky, lucky lady. Okay. Oh. So, you know, sometimes I'm like, I have this silly little um, thing I'll say to clients where I'm like, I'd pay good money for a spread like that. Like, you know, like, <laughs> but they're like in a reading with me and they're trapped. No. Okay. So you, this is one of those that where I'm like, wow, these cards are so beautiful. The messages are so beautiful. And also in my experience, when really, really beautiful, really lovely, traditionally, in quotes, good cards come up, that's the pain point, right? That's mm -hmm. like, I'm afraid to welcome in these energies like this is like, this is something I can't trust, or these are uncomfortable. So I'm going to be curious to see how this lands, and what you think when I share. So let me just talk to you about the cards that were pulled. There were three of them. The mindset card, you got nine of cups which is a very beautiful card. The practice, like kind of what to do, what to get familiar with, what actions to take around stepping into more timelessness, you got the sun. Yeah, I know you're all love it. <laughs> the, the message from spirit, like why is it important to really focus on this, you know, concept that you've already been kind of ruminating on and thinking on? You got the queen of pentacles, yeah, I know. So I know, right? You're all, I wasn't lying, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'll ask you what you think too, because I know that you read the cards. So for me, Nine of Cups and Mindset is interesting because a lot of readers call the Nine of Cups the wish fulfillment card. Like Ooh. it's this like ripeness of a rebirthing of self, you know, of what you would like to blossom into. Um, of really knowing what your gifts are and like focusing on those and also not you, it's it sometimes denotes a growing into or a phase that one has gotten to 
where they don't have to prove anything to anyone. They're like, I know what I'm good at. I know what I can offer. And I don't need to like, you know, run on a hamster wheel trying to prove to everyone. So it makes me think that the mindset that would be useful to adopt is like knowing your strengths, knowing your gifts, leaning on those, not letting everyone in who maybe wants to pull you one way or the other around what they want, but like really strongly protecting those core gifts that offer you nourishment and offer you sustenance, you know, as well. But sometimes this can be about that fear, the fear of really relying, because I'm, I'm checking it out and I'm looking at this card and it's hanging out next to the sun, which is about shining and about consciousness and about traveling and expanding um, and being and the queen of pentacles, which is so much around abundance and around what we define as, you know, being safe in our body and really being able to make the most of what we have. And of course, we also know the queen of pentacles talks about worth and work and money and who you are in the world and how that all intersects, right? So it's kind of interesting. If I were to zoom out on this reading without any context, I'd think, okay, this is a person who by showing more of what you most love doing and who you most love being naturally, allowing more people to see that and connect to that, you then would, one, feel safer in your body, feel more settled, feel more at home. um, And also there'd be some kind of potential monetary gain to that, if that Mm. all makes sense. Mm -hmm. But my question for you, and I'll get to the other cards in a minute, is like, where's the fear? The fear is around, yeah, it's around like unlovability or unlikability that if I am truly dedicated to timelessness, my natural ways, not trying to prove anything to me, I'll be left behind. People will abandon me publicly and privately is my, is almost always my biggest fear. And so by you having some of your energy, like in the moment or engaged with other people or sort of like one foot into checking out what people are into, you have that, you still can have that connection to people Mm -hmm. or you can still feel like you're belonging and you're accepted and that kind of stuff. Is that, is what I'm hearing correctly? Yeah. And I think there's a line that I tend to cross of like, there is a check-in point of like, what are other people up to? I am curious. I do like connection and belonging. And then it's that consumption where I'm like taking so much in that it's not, it's, it's doing the opposite. Mm, That's really interesting too, because as you know, the cups are about water and one of the the lovely thing about water is how sensitive it is and how it takes everything on, right? Mm-hmm. The not so lovely thing about water is that you put, you know, one tiny drop of ink in a bowl of water and the whole bowl becomes that color of ink. So I'm also wondering that in terms of your creative process and in terms of your intuition and tapping into spirit and tapping into kind of who you are, if you don't need more periods of time, sort of just kind of insulated doing what it is you do, and maybe it's just more around structuring um, Mm. or really like, you know, I think of the nine of cups too, as I'm looking at this card and thinking more about the concepts of the nine of cups of really understanding that the time that you spend doing your in quotes, timeless activities, which I would also mention don't immediately bring 
likability, don't immediately bring money, don't immediately bring Mm -hmm. acceptance because they're of you. And usually the more unique things that someone does, the more, the longer it takes for people to accept it or the longer it takes to for the world to catch up and notice. So that I think intuitively you're spot on where you're like, oh yeah, like this stuff that's mine I'm not going to get a feedback loop that I'm used to, or I'm not going to get Mm. like monetary gains immediately. And that's terrifying because as we know, I mean, we're all talking about this, you know, like we we can talk about this all day long, but so I wonder if there's like, if it really is about holding sacred, maybe like one of the projects that you're doing at all time is just for you or something you're, you're working out ideas around this and that, and you don't need to show it to anyone other than your good artist friends, or you don't need to, you're like, this is not my money making thing. This mm-hmm. is my spiritual gift where that I rebirth myself and that it's my well. Cause nine of cups is very much about this deep water, this deep holding it's my well. And the sun of course is all about being seen, you know, the sun, this is the practice. So I'm also wondering if like, once you get into more of a practice with that timeless with the timeless creative projects that you're doing, if you do put them out there, but with absolutely no expectation. Mm. I mean, I just, of course, I know you. So I think about per, what was the thing you did on the Instagram, um, your dancing or whatever. Personal practice. You know, like that is an, ex- this is so, that's so sun, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're like, just having fun and it wasn't for anything and it was joyful. And it was like, just for you to have that container, and it like, and so I think that it's either time to do things that pick that up again, or really be like, okay, what can I do now that is in that tone that is in that vein, that gives me so much where I like am seen and I and I'm show up and the sun also is like, you're ready to be seen in this much more core authentic way, because you've changed. So like you've changed. So now how you're going to express yourself in particular artistic ways, they're just going to change too. And I think the queen of pentacles is this interesting tension because when I think of her as being this like message from spirit, it's like, well, who doesn't want us to change capitalism? Uh, Who doesn't want us to change people who've like thought of us in a transactional way. We're like, oh, this is this person that I get this thing from, whether it's emotional or whether it's literal, you know, whether it's creative. Oh, this is my, you know, create, this is my dance ATM Marley or whatever, you know? And then when Marley becomes like, you know, a painter or I don't, you know, or a philosopher or whatever Marley, you know, whatever it is, you know, but that's not about you. You know, that's, that's not about you, but I understand the kind of like fear that comes into it. But spirit is like, actually, you're going to be much more abundant. You're going to be much more settled in yourself. You're going to be much more in a space to be healed around some things around that when you do practice showing up, you know, the sun, I also think of just like showing up, the sun shows up like every day. Sometimes there's clouds over the sun and we can't see the sun. Sometimes the sun goes to sleep a little bit earlier, but the sun, the sun shows up. You know what I mean? The, The sun is, is seen and the sun shares and the sun shines. So, you know, and that queen of pentacles is saying there might be some safety, more, more safe feeling 
where you're like, oh, I actually can show more of me and and certain aspects of me that um, need to be expressed and need to be shared. And maybe maybe they will be maybe if you have this mindset or this idea that it that it's not directly related to your income, they'll be it'll be less activating. Yeah. Even if eventually it becomes part of your income. Mm -hmm. But I think like just creating from that zone of like, this is just what I need to do for me, you know, however, however that looks, I think like makes sense, you know? And the interesting thing too, going back to the original question of like timelessness and how do you embrace that? I also think of queen of pentacles, you know, the pentacles are the longest they're earth and earth is the long longest element. It's the element that's about longevity. Mm. So like, of course it would come in or timelessness, you know, like, of course. So I also think that there's this idea of literal time when you're asking about timelessness of like, you know, Oh, how much time is this going to take? Or, you know, and you know, how should I dedicate my time? And like, the answer is, you know, I think the more you invest in it, the more it will show because we also know that time isn't linear and we know that time can bend. So I also am wondering like maybe your question could be for yourself each week or each month or each year, what are the timeless gifts that I'm offering to the future? Beautiful. Does that give you a little bit of uh, ideas, insights? Yes. Thank you so much. Awesome. Um, so Marley, it's just been lovely. Where can folks find you? Well, Sarah, my website is marleygrace.space. And if you type in marleygrace.space slash home, you can find just so many links to so many things I do. And I suppose by the time people are listening, it's possible I'll be back on the social networking app Instagram, which you can find me at Marley Grace, and you can watch my dancing at personal practice. Beautiful. And we'll put all those links in the show notes. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks, Sarah. Moonbeaming is brought to you by the Moon Studio. It is created and hosted by me, Sarah Faith Godestiner. It is edited by the incredible Caitlin George Parker. Additional support is by Stella Hartman. Music is by Will Owen and myself. If you like this podcast, you can support us by going to Patreon backslash The Moon Studio and becoming a patron. You can give this podcast five stars wherever you listen and also subscribe. We'd love it if you could let one or two or three or four or more friends know about us and we accept all good vibes thanks so much for supporting us witches on planet earth not flying up to mars there is no planet b There's a witch wherever you